We're in the middle of a series called How to Get Other People to Change, and I just love this so much because we all want this, right? We all have somebody in our life that we want to change, but I think you know by now probably that the heart of this, and, and yeah, we do want other people to change, but what we really want is change. And like when we're at our best, we know, yeah, I want other people to change, but what I really want is for things to get better. I want life to get better for them and for me. And so what we've looked at in part one is that the Bible distinguishes between burdens and loads. And so we are meant to try to bear one another's burdens, but we're not supposed to carry somebody else's load a burden is what we cannot bear by ourselves, but a load is what we are meant to bear by ourselves. So just sort of naming that reality that when it comes to other people, sometimes we have to let them. And then the second part, what we looked at was that we have got to, if we want to see change in others, we have got to first be open to change in ourselves. First, remove the log from your own eye. Then you will be able to see clearly. You cannot, you cannot invite change in another if you are not truly open to change in yourself. That's why putting your foot down never works. I mean, we, we, I'm going to put my foot down. It, it, we might need to put our foot down, but that posture, I won't say never because somebody's going to say, well, it did one time. All right, so... Uh, 99% of the time, when we have the posture of demanding something from others, it does, it does nothing but put them in a, a posture of fighting back. And so we have to actually soften and lay down our weapons in, in order for there to actually be hope for change in any of our difficult relationships. And then last week we looked at, okay, once we've done all this work, and we're trying to carry our own load, and we'd like to bear somebody else's burden, and we're working on ourselves, and we are open to changing ourselves, even then, sometimes we have to say no. And we talked about Jesus saying that sometimes there are situations when it's not good for us to help. And so last week I said, next week, the next two weeks is going to be, well, what do I do? All right, you've told me what not to do. Don't judge. <laughs> Don't cast your pearls before swine. Well, what do I do? I, I want to help. I want things to get better. I want to change. And so that's what today is about, okay? Today is about what we can actually do to hopefully bring about change in somebody else and in ourselves. Um, I'm a huge fan of Henry Nouwen. Any Nouwen fans in the house? Wonderful Christian writer um, in the name of Jesus. I mean, it's just a classic of uh, Christian spirituality, so if you hadn't read now, and way better <laughs> than anything I'll say anytime soon. So, um, but Nowen tells the story of he met a, a circus performer. Nowen met a trapeze artist one time, and he was asking them, you know, how do you do this? How do you, like, have you ever thought about this? Like, what does it take to become a trapeze artist? You know what a trapeze is? The, the high-flying thing? Yeah. <clears throat> and so, what Nowen said that the trapeze artist told him, he says, there is this one scary, the, the scariest moment, doesn't matter how long you've been doing it, the scariest moment. Well, first off, when you're doing trapeze, there is a letting go moment. 
And if you miss the letting go moment, everything falls apart, right? And you can keep holding on, right? You know, and just, but, but there is a moment when if you don't let go, you will miss the arms of the person who's going to catch you, right? But he said, that's not, the, the letting go moment is scary, but then the scariest moment is after that, there is a moment where you don't know. There, there's a, and it's quick as a wink, right? But there is a moment where you are flying through the air and you don't know whether you are going to land the move and whether the other person does their part, all right? I tell that story and now one tells that story, and I repeat it to you because today that's what this is about. Many of you have a story that you are telling yourselves about how your life works, about who you are. You know, there's your life, and then there's the story you're telling yourself about your life. And the story you are telling yourself about your life, it might not be 100% accurate, but it drives everything. Does this make sense what I'm saying? You know, there's been seer- long periods of my life when my life was actually really good, but the story I was telling myself was very negative. And, and, and so what we're talking about today is, what would it be like for you and for me to let go of the story that we're telling ourselves in order to embrace God's story for you and for your life because how do we and this is how do we get other people to change how do we get other people to change is going to involve letting go of the narratives that you and I are unconscious of they they it's like the iceberg you know they 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 the, the underneath the surface they drive so much of our behavior so much of our thinking and our habits and uh, we wish we can control them so are y'all with me Today, can't, it's, it's, it can be really big for you and for me, I believe, if we can grasp what God is inviting us to do. But it's really hard because it means letting go. So we're going to get back into the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 7. Um, I invite you to stand in body or in spirit for the reading of the Holy Gospel. And it's right after the pearls and the swine, Jesus says this in verse 7. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you... If your son asks for bread, we'll give him a stone. Or if he asks for a fish, we'll give him a snake. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Very familiar verses, probably. Lots of songs have been written about this, right? 
And I, I wish it was deeper, like, but the solution for many of us for how to change and how to get them to change and how to get this situation that won't get better to change is to ask God. To ask, to seek, to knock. Have you gotten stuck before? I have been stuck. I am stuck in my life. And I can, I'm not going to ask you all to be my counselor today, my therapist, but hey, I'm stuck in some ways. Very frustrating. You know, get out the journal and write something, and you realize I wrote the same thing last month and the month. You know what I mean? Like, just, I'm sick of this, right? Well, a few months back, and I probably have shared this before, I'm getting to the place in my preaching when uh, people who love me say, Tom, that was really great. You said the exact same thing six weeks ago, and it was almost the same words. <laughs> so I realize that I repeat myself, but it comes from the heart. So if it sounds familiar, um, yeah, it probably is. Um, but you didn't listen last time, so I'm telling you again. So it's your fault. It's your fault, right? So I've probably have, I know I've told some of this in Bible studies, and I don't know if I've told it on a Sunday. But I was really stuck in my spirituality a few months back. Um, yeah, I pray all the time. I'm reading the Bible. I'm doing all the things I'm supposed to be doing to a degree, but just internally very, very frustrated, very, very stuck in some key areas in my life. And so just got to this point where I had to get in the car and just drive. I drove out towards Camp Vincent Valley, went, took a left on Houston, went through that cemetery. Um, you know, a lot of times when I'm really frustrated, I go to a cemetery and just walk around because it just reminds me that life is finite, you know. And then I was driving back, and I was still just so mad, mad at myself, frustrated at, my inability to just get any better with some of the stuff I'm dealing with. And, um, and I just prayed, uh, you know, and I've been, like I said, I've been praying, but it was like this prayer came out of it. It was just like, you know, God, you got to do something. You know, you got to do something. You know, I can't, I mean, I need your help. I was yelling. I was like, yeah, I need your help. Come on. I need your help. And um, anyway, Got back home, you know, got through the evening, went to bed. The next morning was actually, I hope it's okay, Charlie and Connie Short, we were talking about them, why they're moving. One reason is they had surgery on the same day. Remember that day? I remember that day, not because of them. And that was a significant day for both of them. Both of them having major surgery. Their daughter was here. But I was going at like 5 in the morning because, like, it was like a time when I, I could actually be with one of them while the you know, I mean, it was really able to be helpful, which was nice, right? But on the way there, I'm still just in this funk, right? And uh, a dear, trusted friend whom I love told me, Tom, you have got to read Andrew Murray uh, with Christ in the School of Prayer. And then, uh, <clears throat> Sherry Tilly, hashtag Sherry Tilly. And then, um, and then, when your SPR chair tells you to read a book on prayer, you, you should do that. That's just good advice. Uh, and then what's interesting is about, like, within the same couple weeks, my mother-in-law, who is a saint and just a giant in prayer, you know what I mean? She told me, Tom, 
I've, I've been reading Andrew Murray. Have you ever heard of him? You really ought to read with Christ in the school of prayer. So that's like, to me, a sign, you know. And so, and I like to do audible because I'm just so tired at night. I can't stay awake to read and I'm so busy during the day. So I love to download audiobooks. And so I got up that morning and I was like, I, I need to get Andrew Murray. And I looked and they didn't have an audio version of With Christ in the School of Prayer, but they had another book. I think it was called Intercession. And so I just hit download real quick, got in my car, and I'm driving to Macon and I put it on the audio of Andrew Murray. And I'm telling you, in that time, like a 20-minute drive to Macon, and then, you know, the 15 minutes of walking around the hospital and trying to find, I'm listening to Andrew Murray and, like, bolts of lightning to my soul, two key ideas were unlocked for me. Would you like to know what they are? Oh, yes, tell them. All right, so Andrew Murray said, Prayer works in two directions. And he was talking about the parable of the widow. I'm sorry, not the widow. um, The parable of the friend with a visitor at midnight. And I know I'm not preaching on that today, but it it, it applies. So, you know the story Jesus told. a, A friend visits you at midnight, but you have no bread. So you go to your neighbor's house and you knock on the door and say, Friend, lend me some bread because I have someone here. And the friend says, don't bother me. My kids are in bed with me. You're going to wake us up, which I relate to as a parent. Like after 9 o'clock, it had better be an emergency, right? Uh, You know, and so, but it says, Jesus says, even though the friend doesn't want to get up, because you keep asking, he'll get up. See, I've always hated that parable and the parable of the persistent widow because it's like, if you just keep knocking, I, I just hate it. Anybody else? Are y'all all just faithful Christians? Okay, because I know I'm not. All right. Like, I've hated it because the, for me, I'm a thinker, and it's like, so what? Like, God is this reluctant? Like, God is like, well, if you just keep, just got to wear out them altar. We just wear that altar out, and if you pray 10,500 times, eventually your sorry grandson will get his life straight. I mean, it's like, really? Like, that's how God works. God's like, you know, I just, I'm, I'm, I need like 900 more prayers. Can you get them on the prayer list of maybe, you know, 10,000 churches? And then I'll be able to hear your prayer because there's something about those prayer lists. You know, God's like, oh, 10,000 people asking. And that's how I think. And I know I've just hurt some feelings right now, but I, this is how I think. Is really God is up there and he needs like to be begged and begged and begged. You just haven't begged enough. And Andrew Murray set me free in like, Just a short couple sentences. And what he said was this. This is a parable about prayer. And he said prayer works in two directions. And the first is top down. Prayer works top down. Prayer is God. God is the one who gives. God is the giver. So that's the, that, the first thing is the, is the top down. Not that God is up. That's probably not accurate. God is everywhere and all-encompassing. But you know what I'm saying. For our standpoint, prayer works top down from God to us. God wants to give to you. But prayer also works from bottom up. You have to ask. You have to participate. And what he said, and this is where he got me. Because I was still like, but why do I have to? Why do I have to keep knocking? And he said, "You have a problem. 
you have a friend who came to visit you, and in those days, no, no 24-hour stores, no refrigeration, right? You don't have food. You didn't, have, you didn't know they were coming. There's no telephone or internet. Is it a good thing to want to show hospitality to your friend? Yes. You want to do a good thing, right? You have a friend. You want to feed them. That's a good thing that you want. But you have a problem. What is that? You don't have any bread. God is the one who has the bread. And something about that just shifted things for me. And it was like, it's not that God's reluctant. It's just that I don't have the bread. And God has the bread, and I have to ask. And we could go, well, why should I have to ask? All right, fine, fine, fine. Like, that's a whole other conversation. We're going to get to that, actually. But, but, but this is the thing. You are in a relationship with a God, and He wants to help you but you have to ask. And anyone who's been a parent, I know all of you have not, but if you've been a parent, come on, right? We've, you, you know this, where you want to help, but you, you, they have to ask. There are situations where pearls before swine, right? Isn't it interesting that Jesus follows this, like where someone's not asking for help, but we're trying to give it. And then the very next parable, he says, how many of you, he goes right to that parent-child relationship and says, if your child asks for bread, would you give him a rock and crush his teeth? Of course not, even though you're terrible and even though you want to strangle your kids sometimes, you're still not going to give them rocks, for, right? You're, even though you're evil and they're evil, you're still a good person or good enough that you're going to give them bread if they ask, Right? Right? Well, I don't know. If they ask for a fish, you're not going to give them a scorpion or a snake. I can't remember which. There's different versions. But you know what I'm saying? Isn't it interesting that Jesus appeals to our consciences? 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 Conscience? Consciousness? Jesus appeals to our hearts as parents. And what is he? But he's not about parenting. It's about God. He says, it's not that God doesn't want, he says, how much more? How much more? Like, you're evil. You're not even a good parent, right? Like, you're an okay parent. God's really good. He's a loving father. He's loving. He wants to give you what you need. You have to ask. So that was the one thing that Andrew Murray gave me. He was from like the 1800s in South Africa. Pretty cool, dude. And I'm listening to it through my earbud. In 2019. God's cool, isn't he? Come on. And he's setting me free from years of frustration about, why, about two parables that Jesus told that I've just been missing. And I was mad. I was mad. Why should I have to ask? Well, you know why? Because you don't have bread, dummy. Does that make sense? And, and this, is, all right, so this is the thing. This, and this was the next piece. Oh, this blew me. Oh, this, this wrecked me. He said, I meet a lot of ministers, I meet a lot of Christians, faithful Christians. I know in this room, there's faithful Christians. I know it, okay? But some of you are reluctant in prayer. And he says, if you are reluctant in prayer, especially if you're a Christian, but you're reluctant in prayer, it's because you are living under the law and not under grace. 
and if you live, what does it mean to live under the law? Living under the law means you feel like everything is up to you. As soon as he said that, I'm like, where's the altar? You know, I'm raising my, yeah, I, I slip into that all the time, all the time. Biggest struggle. I want to take it all, all the, all the responsibilities on me. It's up to me. I'm the guy. The sermon title is How Not to Have a Messiah Complex, right? And of course, oh, I would never have that. Yeah, but you try to be the Messiah of your own life and your own situation. And you're trying to meet everybody's needs. Or you're trying to meet your own needs. You're a fool. You're a fool. You're not God. And you're living under the law. Galatians says this. You who were saved by grace, do you now want to go back to living under the law? You foolish Galatians. It says if you're living under the law, you think uh, everything is up to you. If you're living under grace, what does it mean? When you're living under grace, you know that everything is a gift. Everything's a gift. And that's the thing. Everything's a gift. Ask, and it'll be given to you. Seek, and you'll find. Knock, and the door will be open. That's grace. That you got it. That's, if you're under the law, if you're imprisoned by this law-bound heart, trying to earn the approval of a sky god, you know, then you're just going to feel like we've got to offer more and more sacrifices. Right? Why isn't God answering my prayer? I must not be asking, right? And we, this all, so that's, why I talked about the trapeze today is some of you, you got to do a hard thing of letting go of your understanding of prayer and your understanding of how God works. I'm sure most of us believe in prayer. Some of you maybe don't. I, I, really. I mean, in the last two weeks, I've had two people ask me not to pray for them. You, you, yeah, I get that you're surprised, but I run into it all the time. You know why? Because they're done. I get it. I went, I went to the hospital recently. Asked if I could pray for somebody. He said, uh, no, nah, I don't want you to. It won't do any good. And I get that. I mean, I, 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 am, I love that guy. Yeah, I mean, I really do. I, I, I still love somebody that would be that honest with a preacher, you know, because y'all lie all the time, you know. I love that. He's like, nah, I don't. And you know what I said? Well, I respect that, and I won't pray with you. But I'm going to pray for you anyway after I leave. <laughs> you know, I kind of winked at him. I said, you can't stop me, but I get it, right? Why? I don't know what happened or didn't happen. So I, I, I mean it when I say I know some of you might not believe in prayer, okay? I, I, I'm actually not tongue-in-cheek. I think that's not 100% in this room. I think there might be people that really struggle to believe in the efficacy uh, of prayer so what i'm asking you to do is just consider because there's what you believe about prayer and then there's the story you're telling yourself about your own experiences with god and with prayer and what if the story that you're telling yourself i just don't pray enough i don't know enough i don't believe correctly or hear me i'm not chosen i mean like do you hear like how these like creeping thoughts sort of define this story by which you live, and it can keep you from praying. And it can keep you from asking. And it was certainly keeping me from... And again, I was praying a lot. I was praying for myself. I was praying for my family. I was praying for you. I was praying with people. I'm a pastor. I was praying all the time. But I'm telling you, while I'm listening to Andrew Murray, 
in the earbud, and, I, and he says, you're living under law and under grace, and you understand everything's a gift. It was like somebody hit the switch on the Hoover Dam and said, uh, let's let them roll. And, and prayer started to pour out of me. And it was very personal. And it was like, God, I need help with this situation in my life. And I need help with this situation. And I need wisdom here. I do not know what to do. And there is financial stress in this area. And I need help with this. And I mean, it was just very specific because it was like for the first time in a long time, that communication line got opened up. And guess what? It felt terrific. It felt really good. And I don't know if you're motivated by feelings, but I am. I like to feel good, okay? I mean, I know Christianity is not all about feelings, but living under the law is terrible. And living under the grace, again, it doesn't solve all your problems. And I'm not saying God will answer all your requests in the way you think they should be answered. But I am telling you that God is a God who hears your prayer. And He's a good Father. So, Either, can I be blunt? Haven't been blunt enough already. All right. Either there is a God or there's not. Would you agree? There either there's either a God or there's not. Either we're right or the atheists are right. Right? There's either I mean right. There's either a God or there's not. You're either pregnant or you're not. There's not sort of pregnant. You know, and there's not sort of God. There is either a God or there's not. I believe God has revealed God's self to us in Jesus Christ. That's what I believe, okay? You don't have to believe that. You probably do. But at the very least, would you agree, either there's a God or there's not. If there's a God, and you're not God, if there's a God, doesn't it make sense to approach God for help? If there's not a God, we had better start working harder. <laughs> you know, like, if there's not a God, it, it makes sense to be extremely stressed and work very hard and make sure, you know what I mean? Like, if there's not a God, like a lot of my behavior makes a lot of sense, quite honestly. When I'm running around trying to be all and, 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 and do all. But guys, if there is a God, that nonsense makes very little sense. If there is a God who can be relied on, who can be trusted, who wants to provide for you, it only makes sense to allow God to be, like Lewis prays, Jehovah Jireh. Yahweh Yirdeh, the Lord provides, right? Will you, will, some of you, will you let go of the story that you're telling yourself today? And will you do the scary thing of letting go? How do you get other people to change? <laughs> you need God. Like, I don't know what your situations are. I know some of you, and I, I mean... Y'all know some of my stuff. But I'm telling you what. 
it's not going to get any better without God. And you're going to have to ask. Now, I know there might be some but, 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 but. I've asked, I've asked, I've asked. Fair enough. And we can, that's, a, that's, a conver, that's a better conversation than a sermon, probably. But I get there are some other barriers like, what about when God doesn't answer? Or what about when it doesn't go the way I want? And all of that. And that's fair enough, okay? But today, at the very least, what I want to ask you to do is, would you believe that there is a God who wants to care for you? I mean, do you believe in Jesus? Because Jesus won't shut up about a heavenly Father who is good and delights to help you. And some of you, you have a, a view of God and you're holding on to a view of God who is reluctant or who is against you. Well, there I go again. You know, we say things like, there I go again. You know, and God's going to blah, 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 blah. Can I just say, what if that's not God? What if that's the story you're telling yourself about God? And maybe it's time for you to just let go of that. And, it, I mean, would you consider taking up the story that Jesus is telling about who God is? Jesus said, how much more, how much more will your heavenly Father give you what you need? I know there may be some in this room who you're, you're about ready to give up on a situation. And maybe some of the prior messages might apply, okay? And so maybe there, there maybe, because see, here's the thing. Some of it might be on them. Real talk, Right? But you're not going to invite change in any of these situations if you are not open. And the only way I know to be open is to come pray. And so this altar is open. And I want to invite you to come and let go of the story that you're telling yourself and to simply ask God for what you need. And you don't have to word it correctly because he doesn't answer that way anyway. Hallelujah. They, don't you hate it when people say, you better be careful what you pray for. I mean, what does that say? God's like, ooh, you prayed for that? Hey, hey. I mean, that just sounds like a sadistic God. Right? Come on. Let's get off. Let's let go of those stories. And let's, let's, let's instead like flood this altar. Make an altar where you sit if you don't want to come down here. Or if your knees hurt. I get it. But open up and tr try it. Try it. Like Sam I am. You know? <laughs> try it. You might like it. Try it. All right. Let's pray. Lord, um, thank you so much for this simple, simple. It's so simple. It's just an invitation to pray about the situation. And Lord, I know there's some people in this room who you know they have, they have worn out the carpet and they've worn out the altar. And so I, I feel humbled to speak in this room to, to people who I know they know more about you pinky than I know in my whole body. So Lord, I, I'm humbled by some of the prayer that, is, that flows even right now in this room. 
But also, Lord, I want to lift up even those who have prayed so faithfully and yet we get, we get discouraged or we get uh, complacent or we get cynical. And I, I just want to pray for anyone in this room that needs a, just a reawakening or maybe an awakening for this first time in a relationship with you when they, when they come to you and they ask you for what they need and we, we come open-handed waiting to receive. In Jesus' name, amen.